This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. What is going on? It is the Weekly Scramble. My name is Chris Reavers, and by my side, his name is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Reavers? So we were briefly chatting about foot. Ball off the air, so I mean, why, why not? You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's let's just dive on in because uh, we talk about a number of topics on this show. Basically, whatever comes to the top of our head while we're randomly just babbling with one another. <laughs> That's um, exactly what happens. Did you see the numbers for the AFC and the NFC championship games last Sunday? Yes. Oh, this okay? The, no, I did not see this those past numbers. Sunday. I saw the weeks before numbers that were like forty-three million go up. Really? To Are, which it's funny. And obviously, a large component of that is obviously gambling. More people are, are have a vested interest of the outcomes of these games. They've mm-hmm. all been extremely compelling games in the postseason, minus a couple the first weekend. And I'm thinking, even my wife has watched some of yeah. these games with me. Great games. Yeah, but but I'm thinking there's got to be another another aspect of this, and I, I think I have it. Because you'll you'll see when the ratings come out at the end of the year, like we had just a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It'll say, "Oh, here were the top twenty uh, television programs sure. of 2021," and out of those twenty, nineteen of them are NFL games, which is crazy. And I think it's because in this on-demand, I gotta have it yesterday society that we currently reside in, football being obviously the most popular sport going right now, mm-hmm. it's really the only thing. People watch live anymore, and I know we talked about this yeah. briefly last week because you were still a DVR your football games guy. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's the one show that most people watch live. I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. That that could very well be it because you you make time to see it because you can get burned like I did when I'm sitting at my daughter's volleyball game for 12 hours on Sunday, mm-hmm. and the woman next to me says. The Bengals won in overtime. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, because I wasn't checking Twitter. I wasn't checking right. anything. I, I'm at, and the woman next to me was like 70 years old. I'm like, what? Why? Why would you just blurt that out? And it wasn't her fault, but I, she doesn't know. I was, know, right, I was DVRing right. every game so I could get home because you could plow through a game in 30 minutes if you know if it's you're fast forwarding yeah. through the junk. Yeah. One thing that happens though, FYA, here's a little pro tip. The Golden Gophers football teams, when you record them on Hulu Live and you look at the line that shows your recording on your screen, it breaks off the commercials so you know where the commercials are. But then you also know how long that team had the ball because it's because if it's, if it's a shorter sequence, it's a, yeah. a two-minute segment and then there's a two-minute commercial. You're like, okay, either someone scored or there was a fumble or something and it destroys the whole game. Because you can just read, you can literally just see the lines say, oh, break, 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 uh, oh, what's going, you know, it, it, it's yeah. really kind of funny. So it's a turnover, you know something happened. NFL is smart enough to not do that. You have to l- literally watch it first and then get to the break and fast forward. What I will do, though, because I kind of made fun of you uh, for doing it that way, but one thing I, I have done in the past or done previously is I will turn the game on mm-hmm. at noon and just hit pause Okay. And whatever, go throw some clothes yeah. in, the, in the in the washing machine, go clean a room or whatever, help the kids out with something, and then maybe half an hour later, I'll come back, then hit play. Yeah. 
and then I'll miss a few commercial breaks. And I've done, I have done that before. And, and, and that time, you just doubled your time. Right. Right? So you missed the commercials. Instead, you did laundry. Yeah. That's very efficient. Thank that, you. That's some management return on time invested is Thank what you. we call that in Thank the business. Well much. done, Reavers. So the reason I wanted to bring up football is it happened. And um, I cried a little. Oh, no. Oh, I don't uh, remember what day it was. Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Today's Thursday. What What year is this? But um, the announcement was confirmed and announced mm-hmm. by uh, Tom Brady. Yep. And people might be hearing this going, I didn't know Reavers was a huge Tom Brady fan. I'm not. Um, but I sat there and my wife said, "What? what's wrong? And I said, well, Tom Brady retired. And she said, yeah. I said, do you know what this means? And she said, no. I said, I am now older than every professional athlete. Yeah. In the United States of America. That's why you have to start watching golf. Right? <laughs> oh, good point. Well, because he's still a Phil Mickelson, yeah. right? Yeah. He's still winning. Tiger's still older than me. Yeah, Tiger's though, still older, but he's not really but, playing. Right. But and then you get into the seniors tour, and they're still great, yeah. right? And that's still competitive. But yeah, the, the sports, the baseball, hockey, football, yeah. basketball. Yeah. Congratulations, old man. You can't do those anymore. To which she said, you are really messed up. And yeah. I said, no, honey, honey, no, no. You don't get it. I'm now older than all of the athletes that I'm now watching on television. That, that's that's a change in the guy's life. You know it, what I'm saying? It, it, I remember it. I remember it vividly. Do you, remember, do you remember what athlete it was? No, I don't remember what athlete. I just remember like movie stars or business people. Like someone would get like the president of 3M would be some dude who was four years younger than me. I'm like, wait, what? Like, how did this happen? How did well, you get it? Get to that level? So it happens in every level: sports, you know, and business. It happens to everybody. You just have to be prepared for well, it. Mike, um, I was wrapped up in Viking coaching mania yesterday mm-hmm. when they they flew Jim Harbaugh to town and basically said, "Thanks for wasting your day, but we're going to hire somebody else." Do you know that the Vikings, future Vikings head coach, that they haven't announced officially yet, but is they're going to announce either the day after the Super Bowl or soon thereafter. He's 36 years old. Who, who is it? I, I, I've been in a block. I haven't been watching they anything. They are expected to okay. announce the hiring of Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. Okay. Who's 30 bleeping six. 36 years old. Now, if yeah. I was 21, I'd say, oh, that's an old guy. Yeah. But, you know, at, at my age, he's he's a lot younger than me. And, and so, I just thought, wow. Don't you wonder, though, so obviously the Rams are a great team. Sure. So is it... Is he getting overdue cred? I have no idea. I, mean, I, I don't know so a thing about out, this right? guy. How, I, how do you do that? Well, the NFL has shifted to, you know, we need to have that young, really good-looking, mm-hmm. uh, super offensive-minded guy to roam the sidelines and look good on the camera. Yeah, they have yeah. shifted to that, and so it, it, it's. Well, what I have Belichick? I have no idea. <laughs> no, well, he's a little bit more accomplished. <laughs> I I, um, so, what do you think of Belichick too getting just snubbed by Brady? Just like, hey, thanks so much, Tampa Bay. Yeah. I was super. I, I honestly find other? I honestly find all of that drama completely unnecessary because yeah. both of them owe each other a ton. Oh yeah. In terms of yeah. the level of success, the development that Brady got under a guy like Belichick, mm-hmm. they both owe each other quite yeah. a bit. So get over yourself. Yeah, they're fifty fifty. Correct. They couldn't have done it without each other. Although that being said, Brady did go down to a different team, different coach, and, yeah. and win another Super Bowl. So uh we are in the pre- that that leads me to the next thing I wanted to bring up, and I'm curious if, if if something like this has ever happened to you. So you know that I'm in the process of moving, mm-hmm. um, and have been for what, what seems like about six years. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and so you know you're 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 lugging this box there, and you're unpacking this crap there, and you're you're 
seeing a lot of stuff you haven't seen in forever because, you know, it's been stuck in the basement or whatever. So my son and I, I think it was Sunday, maybe it was Saturday, don't remember, but we're we're going through some stuff and all right, buddy, uh, stuff that you don't want, we're going to put in this pile and and so forth, whatever. And so he was helping me uh, move some stuff out of my wife's bedroom, my my wife and I's bedroom. And so... Did you just say my wife's bedroom? Well, she doesn't let you sleep in there. Nah, I basically have to sleep in the basement <laughs> okay. by myself. No, anyway, so it. so uh, there's pictures and there's, you know, whatever. And he pulls out this photo of Jess and I in college. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, he was staring at it. And I said, what's up, buddy? He goes, well, who's this with mom? You're kidding. And I said, well, buddy, that's me. And he said, come on. No, it's not. No. He sure did. He didn't say what happened? Dad? No, it, right. it, and I get it because you know, I'm baby faced. Keep in mind, I was either I think it was 21 or 22 right. at the time. You don't look very old now. Well, thank you, but yeah. but it was funny because it, it, it was just seeing as, huh? Who's this with mom? Because yeah. mom looks exactly the same. So I put it on Twitter because I thought it was funny. Uh, yeah, it is good. And then of course I got the ridicule from a lot of the followers, which is fine. I don't I don't you care. You do at that 20 year challenge, right? The picture of you in, oh. in college, and then now, and you say, "Hey, whatever." You got a lot of nice hair. None of it's gray. <laughs> Some You're not of bald. It. Some of it. You're not bald yet. God, of, I'm, I'm getting you're, there. You have a little bit of receding, but you don't have a big bald spot. True. Like True. I do. True. I, everybody who's like, "Whatever, Fredaloni, I have a bald spot." I too have a bald spot, so I can say I can talk about bald people. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I can do that. Um, I can remember the the witch that gave me my bald uh, head. Oh. So I was dating this girl named Jill. Back in high school, okay. right? We, we loved each other. It was great. High school sweethearts. And I was sitting on the couch, and she walked up behind me, and she touched her finger to the spot on my head and said, you're going to go bald. And I think that was when that witch of a girl literally gave me a spell to make, because I only am bald in that, that back spot. Wow. And she just, and I look now, and I think, oh, she might have been an actual witch. And she cast a spell on you in high yeah, school. Yeah. Wasn't that kind of cruel? Jill, you're mean. It was mean. I, you know, it, I, I almost told a really deep personal story that I, I'll tell you off the air because I can't quite <laughs> tell that. But I did. I did think, wow, that. And I remember her doing that, and I was so indignant. Like, how dare you? Because uh-huh. you know, I was 18 and I had a little bit of a mullet, and I was shaking it around, <laughs> and I was, you know, I had a Firebird. I didn't even have a Firebird, but that's what the kind of stuff I was doing because I grew up in the perfect late 80s, early 90s years. I'm now trying to picture you with a mullet. Oh, I had. Uh, had a little bit of a perm, a little bit of perm in back, right? So was this kind of Motley Crue-style mullet? No, uh, more skater punk mullet. But I wasn't it. a skater punk either. I, I don't know like what Beastie I was. Beastie Boys kind of, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. So I, I did, you know, it was somebody who was talking about when the best generation, the best years were, and it was actually um, Vanilla Ice. And Vanilla Ice said, really, music was the best from the late 80s to the late 90s, because in 2004, the iPhone came out, and everything after the, you know, in, invention of the iPhone and like post iPhone, everything's changed. You know, you you had to remember when you, you. I don't know if you remember this, but you the DJ would say, "Up next, the number one song in America," and you'd be like, "Oh, because I want to hit record mm-hmm. on my tape deck, yep. so I can." And then the DJ would say, the music would start, and he's like, "It's one degree, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota," and you're like, "Quit talking." During the number one song in America. On right? the ramp. On, on the, yeah, yeah, they'd be building up, but the music would be playing, and all you wanted to do was record it because you didn't want to have to go buy it at a store for four <laughs> bucks or whatever it was. And it, th- those are days my kids just don't get. No. Right? And right. it's just different. You would buy an album, and you would have to listen to all songs because that's how you heard that band. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to an album like 
All I do is I, I turn to my device and say, hey, play the best of Rush. And it plays the eight songs that I love from Rush. And then I, oh, uh, pay, play the best of Journey. And I tell it to play the best of Journey. I actually went through this very thing yesterday because uh, usually every year on Garage Logic, we uh, always fight over the list of the Rock and Roll mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. You guys are always wrong. Nominees. I know. And yeah. it's part of the bit. But it's still great. Because, well, Joe just takes the cantankerous view on, on everything. Mm-hmm. Because he, he, he uh, if it was up to him, there would be three bands in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, anyway. The Beach Boys and somebody else. So, of course, when we were going through the list, one of my favorite bands ever, Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. was up for nominee. And those guys all, of course. Who pooed it. Right. Yeah. But then what I did was when I was posting the show and editing the show, all I was I was in this studio cranking Rage Against yeah. the Machine. <laughs> Because keep in mind, right next to us here, I know I'm I'm, I'm pointing mm-hmm. to something visual on a podcast, but the business office is directly to uh, nice. our left, okay. or my left, where I'm sitting. On the other side of the wall. Yeah. And I, and one of the gals says, Reavers, what are you listening to? And she mm-hmm. walked down the hallway. And I said, oh, I'm just cranking Rage Against yeah, Machine. Uh, like I'm 17 years old again. Future <laughs> Hall of Fame band, right? <laughs> what, what I don't get is... Um, I, I, so I listen through that every year you guys do it yep. and I get that John Haidt is a music nerd, Yes, right? He, and, and there's no other way to describe him because they'll say like, uh, 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 Kenny was making fun of like bands like Journey. It's like, well, Journey was commercially huge. People love Journey. I still tear up sometimes when I listen to Journey, but no, you need to pick some dork band that no one's ever heard of, but you don't know how much they influenced. No one cares how much they influenced. No one knows those bands. <laughs> and I love it when Johnny talks about some dead artist like this guy died he was on one recording of slim black jim from 1964 <laughs> no one knows any of that except for the one and only john height but then kenny's like oh yeah i love that album name it right name one song right well it, it, it's funny because johnny's musical knowledge is pretty unmatched the deepest literally the deepest i say literally way too much and some t- it's okay and sometimes he'll mention something obscure and I'm looking because you know on our on our Streamyard link where I post videos to YouTube, we mm-hmm. can all see each other. Yeah. Even though Joe and I are the only and Rookie when Rookie's here You're are the only like, ones. Does everybody here. know this? Well, I think yeah. so. And oh. Kenny's up at it because we reference it all the time. Mm-hmm. And Kenny's up at his place in Alexandria, and Johnny's at his house in Andover. Okay. And so they'll say, "Oh, you know, uh, Slim Pickens on the whatever album," yeah. and they're like, "Oh yeah." And I, I'm thinking. I have no bleeping idea who they're talking That's about. That's what right I meant. Now. Like yeah. you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> does Joe know who this is? Does Kenny Joe, know? Joe has a pretty good knowledge of and music. And he was in a band, right? He yeah. fancies himself a and musician. And Kenny too, because Kenny was a big music nerd, you know, in the eighties and the nineties when he first broke into the business of radio. So Kenny's always been kind of a Did Kenny do the Brown College thing? Did he go I through? I believe so. I believe both he and Matthew did okay. Brown College. Okay, I, I'm, I could be mistaken, but I believe they both did. That's yes. a tough little gig, and I don't even know if Brown's out there still anymore. I don't believe it is. I mean, if you have a class of 30 guys and gals going through Brown College mm-hmm. to become broadcasters, and then the market doesn't fire anybody that year, and no one gets hired, you just graduated 40 guys that right. are wanting the... I mean, that's a tough, tough well, gig to get usually into. usually the way it works, and people... You know, when they used to ask about how you how to get into radio, which, you know, I don't really run into people that ask me that anymore. But it was always people don't realize the steps that are that mm-hmm. are needed to, to, to get to a place like Garage Logic, where you have to go work in a market that has six people. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're you're going to Webster, Minnesota, you're go, or whatever, whatever yeah. little radio station I, I, I joke with. The guys at K-Check all the time because uh, down in New Prague, mm-hmm. uh, they cover a lot of our town baseball games. 
And they say, yeah, we're kind of the stepping stone. We're, yeah. Kids come here, they want to work, and they're going to work hard. But we know that in about six six weeks, they're going to leave to go to a bigger market. Well, that's just how it works. That's how it works. You know, so I, I, I tell people this all the time. Go find a market. You might have to move, maybe to a, even to a different state. But if you really want to do this, that's the best way to get experience. Because yeah. you're going to get the work, and that's the only way you're going to get better at this. And now in this world, when podcasts are dragging so much of the business out mm-hmm. of the broadcast terrestrial radio yep. man i think there's some stations out there like oh you want to work three hours a day uh will you t- <laughs> take an internship go for it right you know exactly. you ha- it is now yours don't sit don't swear yeah and, yeah that might Basically literally be it. Yeah. And, a, and again it's it has completely changed you know i would say anywhere from five to 10 years ago um, with the advent of podcasting now uh, where this is, you know, it's, it's just interesting to see how the dynamic of this industry as a whole has just completely shifted. I mean, again, we've, we've talked about this mm. a lot, but there will always be a need for local radio yeah. information, yeah. instant information uh, on, you know what I mean? Right away. And, but, uh, but again, it's just, it's just interesting to see how this is all kind of shifted. So I mentioned Motley Crue. Love them. Are you going to watch the Pam and Tommy documentary, or not even a documentary, the series yeah, on Hulu? The, the, you know, it's, I, I saw a preview for it, and the gal that they have playing Pamela. That's exactly where I was she going. She looks really like Pamela Anderson. I'm like, who is that girl? I think I have her name, because uh, I, I thought the same is, thing. That's adorable. I think uh, maybe I bumped into her on the internet. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not Lily sure. Lily James. Lily James and, is her name. And what and is I was her com- backstory? I don't know anything I about her. I was completely unfamiliar with her myself. Mm. But Rookie and I, after the show today, mm-hmm. in, in doing research <laughs> okay. um, for for he was helping me do a show prep for okay. for our show together. Right, good, great. But we had stumbled across. I know that's alive because neither of you ever have done show prep <laughs> for Garage Logic. You surely have not done it for this show. Well, it came up during Garage Logic today for some odd reason. I don't even remember why. Maybe it was a news story. I can't remember why it came mm-hmm. up, but I thought, oh, I wanted to ask Mike about this because I knew you were a Motley Crue guy. Yeah, and so. Uh, Tommy Lee, drummer for Motley Crue, if mm-hmm. those aren't, aren't familiar with the Pam and Tommy background. Uh, hepatitis. But I remember there they, there was a, a video that was associated with the news story that I found in which Lily, was it Lily James, Lily Adams, Lily Tyler, Lily, Lily James, and I forget the actor that's playing Tommy Lee. It's inconsequential. Did a okay. sit down, okay. did a sit down with whoever, and it was a three minute clip, and they talked about how they had to have all of this body transformation done to mm-hmm. look like because they do look like they do look Tommy yeah. Lee and yep. Pam Anderson, yep. yeah. and Lily James looks nothing like Pam Anderson in real life. Oh, really? Nothing. Okay. okay. And she said because uh, the, the the guy playing Tommy Lee basically said, "Yeah, all these tattoos had to look like Tommy Lee, and I mm-hmm. don't have any tattoos." Okay. And so it was just really bizarre to hear them talk about the transformation that that they had to make for this role because I guarantee. This is going to be viewed by millions and millions of people. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it, it, it's a cool story. There's something behind it. it. It meant something to a whole generation. It launched a whole world of newfound celebrities because of sex tapes. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it launched the possibility for, for the, thank God, for the Kardashians. Like, I mean, what would we do oh, yeah. without the Kardashians? You right. know, it's, if I, I, it remind me of the story of how Pam Anderson was found, like I think I, she was I do at know a, this. a football game. She was or at something. a Canadian football game. Mm-hmm. I've done extensive research. And didn't like the cameraman like the, point the, to her at the one camp, point. She was wearing a Labatt blue T-shirt. I think it was in Vancouver. I'm okay. willing to be corrected. 
She was at a Canadian football game, I believe in Vancouver, wearing a little bat blue T-shirt, tank top, whatever, Mm -hmm. because she's Pam Anderson, she can wear whatever she wants. And she was put on the Jumbotron. And And everybody just went nuts. And apparently her boyfriend either took a picture or was somehow able to get a picture of that and turned it into a poster because she had she was an aspiring model. Okay. And then that then basically Labatt Blue called her and said, hey, hey um, yeah. are you willing to work for us? Oh. And then that, it just took off okay. because she became the Labatt Blue girl, then moved to Los Angeles and then got other modeling gigs and then Playboy called and the rest was history. I hated to see her go down the road of Hollywood because she was like, just kind of this all-American. She seemed sweet. She did. You're she right. She did, and yeah. she just seemed like this. Even though she might not have been American, if she was Canadian, I don't know if she. She, she is. Yeah, she, she is was Canadian. born in Canada. But yep. but she just had this all-American. The girl, girl next, next door, door beauty. Yes. Like yes. the the girl at your high school that was way beyond everybody else. But she had no idea, so you think you had a chance with her, right? Right. I mean, if that like yes. that, would she maybe would be kind to everybody, and then she just when with Tommy Lee, it's like ugh. Same thing with, um, I want to say her name is Megan Fox. Sure. Stunning. Stunning woman. Stunning woman. She was dating one of the guys from that old show. uh, uh, 90210. 90210. She was dating one of those doorknobs. Mm -hmm. Right, nice guy, whatever, or married to him. I think think they were married. Then all of a sudden. We're doing my talk now all of a sudden. She starts dating. And Uh if you don't know who Machine Gun Kelly is, and if I think they're married now, and yes, I think if I'm not mistaken, their vows were to like drink each other's blood or share something. I mean, like something weird. And I thought, Megan, what happened that you look at a guy like Machine Gun Kelly, and how does he possibly? It it just shows you that if you know how to play guitar, ladies and gentlemen, newsflash: <laughs> if you're 14 years old and you want to get chicks, just go learn how to play the guitar or the drums. Or the drums, case, yeah. but. Guitar you can carry around. You can't carry your drum set to some girl's house, right? That's true. Yeah, because it's like instantaneous. I've lost my mind remover for these girls. Mm-hmm. They all love a good guitarist. I have in my house a wall of guitars, right? It looks really cool. You do? Yeah, but I have never once ever played a guitar, <laughs> but it looks really cool. So that area that I have looks really. They're all like guitars that are signed by people, right? Oh. I ever tell you that story? No. So I I, I bought I. I had a Metallica signed guitar. Oh. And I bought it at a charity auction. And and what happened is I turned to the person at the charity auction, and it was a charity auction that was part of my business. And and I said, Hey, I'm I really like Metallica. And this was years ago. And I said, um, please go up to fifteen hundred dollars, but no matter what, I want to win that guitar. Mm-hmm. So later on, I get a call, oh my God, you won the guitar. And I said, Okay, forty seven hundred dollars. And I said, wait. I said I'd go up to $1,500, and she said, no, you said no matter what, you want to win that guitar. And I said, are you got to be kidding me? Like, I mean, $4,700 is a lot of money, yeah. right? And again, I do not play guitar, and right. I do not love Metallica. This I just is going like to be Metallica. a wall decoration. This is going to be a wall decoration. <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh, went to a Children's Miracle Network, right? Totally want them to get the money, so I bit the bullet, bought the guitar, nice. right? Love it. Years later, I have some kids. And my kids, I used to, when they were little, I would, I'm kind of a fanatic about scuffs on the walls and doors. So I taught them how to use those magic erasers to clean the scuffs off of doors and do this. And they were really, really great at it. In fact, they were so good, they removed all the signatures oh, no. for my Metallica signed guitar oh, no. with a magic eraser. No. So I have a $4,700 black guitar, black guitar <laughs> that used to have Metallica signatures on it. 
And now I have the story of, like, that story is a great story. It is. I would rather have their signatures on the guitar and not have that story. They were so adorable about it. And, you know, I was like, okay, uh, thank you, girls. You're really good at magic erasing. Please don't touch these daddy's guitars. Oh, no. Yeah. So that was that was my foray into $4,700 to buy. And the guitar is like a maybe a $800 guitar. So it's still something. Oh, so I wow. didn't lose lose all the value. But if I could just somehow show that story, someone out there, maybe that knows Metallica would say, Mike, we're going to treat this right here. And I'll, I'll spend another 4700 bucks as long as it goes to charity, maybe. Sure. No, I don't want to. No. I don't want to have 9000 bucks worth of Metallica so guitars. So you mentioned bands and you also mentioned drinking blood. Mm-hmm. And you're reminding me uh, at a radio station that I used to work for across town, mm-hmm. used to have a uh, summer concert at Canterbury Park. And at the end of the summer, it was four different stations. They they used to have a all, all, whole day of bands. It was, it was so much fun. And so the headlining act for the day our station was in charge was Cheryl Crow. Nice. And, you know, there, I think it was anywhere from seven to ten bands that would... They weren't playing, you know, full sets, yeah, obviously, would, but yeah. but still, you were getting a whole day's worth of music. You were it was really the best cool. of their best stuff. In fact, a lot of times it would be bands that you might not have known right away, but five years later, like, whoa, yeah. I saw yeah. those yeah. guys that opened up for whoever. Who you're referring to? They do make a lot of stars. Correct. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so Cheryl Crow uh, and all these bands would come by the broadcast booth because we were broadcasting there all day, and they would do interviews and stuff. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. It was obviously. A late summer day, so the weather is perfect. It was so much fun. And I'll never forget this because there was the regular crowd. So you you could either buy a general mission ticket or you could buy a VIP ticket, which obviously was a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so all of us that worked there were were kind of helping to navigate bands in and out. And yeah, then you all, had all access. Yeah, right? yeah. A, a, yeah. And so you're navigating bands to get in and out of there and you're trying to make sure that, oh, there's enough food, whatever. You're just you're just working all day, mm-hmm. but you're having a good time while you're doing it, right? So Cheryl Crow at the time was Dating Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, okay. And so I was, uh, I was there watching her perform, and all of a sudden, one of the guys I worked with elbows me, and I go, "What's up?" He goes, "Like this," as as to look look behind us. Mm-hmm. And so I turned around, and Billy Bob Bort, Billy Bob Thornton was standing right behind me. Yeah. And he was hiring a kite. Oh, really? Okay. Just couldn't have been nicer. Super oh, nice really? guy, yeah. just chill, just hanging there. And I'm thinking, should I ask him about? Drinking Angelina Jolie's yeah. blood. How did he do I, get do I ask Angelina him Jolie? Do I just stand here and keep drinking my beer? Yeah. Do I just keep my mouth shut? I mean, when else am I going to get yeah. to see Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah. And I thought, nah, if, if I hadn't been there working, you know, if I wasn't there mm. representing the yeah, company putting on get, the show, yeah, yeah. I absolutely would have done it. If it, I was just there, if, if Jess and I were there watching that, I one hundred percent would have asked him that. Nice guy. You said he was a nice guy. Oh, he couldn't have been cooler. He was just really? chill. Just wanted okay. to watch his girlfriend uh, perform, and then they were going to get on a private jet and go wherever they were going to go. He's a very, very interesting character. Yeah, like uh, you know, hell of you, an actor too. Uh, unbelievable yeah. actor, right? Yeah. Incredibly talented. But you just wonder. He, he and maybe it's just because everything he plays is kind of a mean guy, or you know, sling blade, and you know, it just all all of that weird stuff. He's Bad Santa was a pretty funny but, character. I mean, yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, that's some pretty raunchy yeah. scenes, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, he, he's a very talented. I mean, obviously there must Santa, be. Right? It, yeah, I think yeah, it was. Okay. Anyway, sorry. There, there must be something about him because Angelina Jolie. You know, I think you can 
outkick your coverage a little bit, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, Reavers just raised his guilty. He's like, guilty. <laughs> I mean, and, and I too am, am guilty. Right. I mean, I think there's like a couple of points you can outkick your coverage, but he is not terribly handsome. He's not a horrible looking guy, but he's a seven, and Angelina Jolie's a solid 10. But I think there's something to be said of if you can mix the seven attractiveness with with charisma movie star charm you're a movie star you probably have a few bucks in your back pocket but so did she true yeah she didn't didn't necessarily need that although she did know the vagaries of being a star like she knew that she couldn't just date mike fratelloni because i'd say well let's let's go to ihop and she'd say i can't go to ihop and i'd be like how about mancini's (laughs) oh by the way i'm gonna call a little shenanigans on mancini's tell me so yeah he's on gl saying hey uh um, sales are down 60% because of this Well, he mandate. Did, Joe said this on his behalf. On his behalf, yeah. right? Yeah. So what I do is I love Mancini's. I love it more than any other, other restaurant. I said, well, what I need to do is I need to go there and support them Absolutely. the next day. I go there packed to the <laughs> rim. And when I, when I say packed to the rim, I mean packed to the rim. What, what day of the week was it? Friday maybe, was it maybe, Friday maybe or Saturday? Friday Saturday it was okay. there was a, the Vulcans were in there it was crazy well, crazy busy wasn't last weekend Winter Carnival weekend it was Winter Carnival yeah so could that it one hundred percent but okay. I just I, I saw John there Pat's brother one of the Mancinis mm-hmm. and I said hey I heard, I heard this on the radio and in, in fact I think Sheriff Fletcher said something on live on, live in St Paul or whatever said hey we're all going down to Mancinis for a drink and he said it's been crazy and oh, I thought, good thank god because i i literally took that very personally when they when i heard that well maybe, that's your spot it's my spot those yeah. guys i love those guys they've been nothing but gentlemen you know our our, our company's had their christmas bar our christmas party there like 40 years straight right that's so I mean, cool and, and sometimes it's 500 people i mean it's a big christmas party right so we take up the, almost the whole restaurant and we do it on a sunday night when you know no one's there and and um it was I, I, I was like, oh, man, please, God, tell me that they're not struggling. Because if they're struggling, everyone's struggling. St. Paul's, yeah, yeah in trouble. St. Right. Paul's gone if Mancini's can't make it. And I think when I got in there and I turned to my wife and I said, I think we're going to be okay. In fact, it was the one of the only times in the history of going to Mancini's that I couldn't find a park, parking spot in their parking lot. And wow. I was like, huh, I don't think they're going to be that, like, I, they can't be that slow inside. So you being Mr. St. Paul was... I mean, was Winter Carnival a successful event this year? I don't know. I didn't go in. They just the Vulcans were in there. Like you know, the Vulcans go from bar to bar to bar, right? right, and, right, right. And the guys are great, and they're a lot of fun. And the Royal Guard was there with, it, you know, it, I have a buddy who was a Royal Guard member in the past, mm-hmm. and he said it's a fun time being part of Winter Carnival, but it's a hard time. Like you are going hard for days. And I was looking at some of the guys in the some of the Vulcans, and they're a like, tired. Well, they're fifty-year-old guys, and, yeah. uh, and some of them are young guys, and some of them are older guys. And I thought, good for you if you can jump from bar to bar to bar. Oh, by the way, you're standing in the back of an open uh, fire truck, going to the next bar, and it's four degrees outside. Oh, like I don't know how they do it. I, I couldn't do that. I even do it one day. I don't even know if I could do that. I'd be have to be home by nine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, CP. <laughs> I mean, it, it's uh, it was super fun. So I, I just. I was so happy that St. Paul, and I know it wasn't because of GL and it wasn't because of Fletcher's thing on on live. You know, they're just a good restaurant, and that's why they're going to be busy forever. Yeah. But it really crushed me thinking, oh no, if this isn't right, and it it was so busy. How was, busy was it? <laughs> I was watching this waitress literally run, like run, serve drinks, run back to the bar, serve drinks, run back to the bar. 
I am a, uh, you don't know this about me, but I, I like to tip people because I think that's a really great, I mean, and I have my kids do it. Because I, I I've heard you've told this to yeah, me before. It's a big yeah. thing about generosity. So I went up to this girl and I stopped her and I said, hey, I just want to say whatever you're doing, it's fantastic. Your work ethic is unbelievable. And I tipped her and she goes, you weren't at my table. And I said, it doesn't matter. matter. You are just so impressive and keep doing what you're doing. If you work this hard in life, you're going to win no matter what you do. How old? 23, 24, right? Dude, you just, as a guy that's been in that spot, you absolutely made her day. She, at first, was thinking, dude, I I can't help you. Like, I can't. And I said, here, just do this. She gives me this hug, says, she said something like, I needed that. Like, thank God I needed that. Not the money, but needed to say, have Mm -hmm. someone acknowledge that. Because she was running, not running, 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 like mm-hmm. for real running. I was like, holy buckets, that girl is a machine. Yeah. And and my waitress was great, you know, whatever. Everyone's doing great. But just watching her, you know, when you're in the bar business or in your, you're in the business of watching, you know, and you manage people, you see people who are studs. Mm-hmm. You're like, that person deserves it. That girl deserves it. That guy deserves it. And you can't turn that off. Yep. And my wife's like, why are you going to tip her? And I'm like, well, because she deserves Big it. Big picture. Yeah, right. she deserves it. I want this person to understand that service wins because, I mean, it's hopefully. Not, and it's, you're also, what you're also doing is you're saying to her, that didn't go unnoticed. Yeah. You yep. have no idea who's watching you. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what one great piece of customer service could lead you to. Yep. That's why you always or have the difference to, you make for that person you're serving, and that's I why mean, it's important no. to always be on your game yep. and do the right thing. So that 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 was that's cool, Mike. We, we you know we tell our staff you know someone comes in for plumbing, and we help them fix their problem, and it doesn't cost them a couple hundred bucks for a plumber. And I I say you don't know if that person goes out in their car and cries because they were wondering how am I going to afford a two hundred dollar plumber if I can't you know you just don't know what that means to people. Right. I'm sure there's people where it doesn't matter at all, and then there's other people who think, oh my God, thank God someone helped me with this because my parents live in Wisconsin, and if I would have had to come up with two hundred bucks, then I'm don't know what I'm going to do for gas money. Right. You just don't know. Right. So I, I just say treat everybody like this is their biggest deal. We had one one of our uh, mechanics would say to people, he'd call up and say, hey, uh, your, your mower's junk. We got to just toss it out. I said, stop. Don't ever say that. That might be the one mower they can afford. And, you know, we have to use different terminology because we can't just call their mower junk. You know, that's that's their mower. They and need, it could be they got it from their grandfather and they'll spend whatever they want. 100 percent. To keep it. I, yep, I yeah. get that totally. And, and, and it, we just had to reset some of that. And that doesn't happen very often. But, you know, it just I was like, you can't do that. You can't say that to somebody that right. that could be the only mower they have. Right. Oh, that was such good feelings. I'm tearing up a little bit. Thank, <laughs> <laughs> thank God I got to that point in this show. So, um. You mentioned that one of the saddest things I saw, in fact, was it yesterday or the day before, Seven Sushi in downtown Minneapolis is closed. Yeah. I I love that place. Yeah. Here's why I love that place. Well, number one, I love sushi. Mm-hmm. But number two, that for me was always the place where um, you could meet someone there mm-hmm. and, it, and you knew, okay, I can go sit on the rooftop yeah. or I can just have a spot, drink at, real at, quick. The, a, a drink yeah. at the bar really quick before we go to a Twins game mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Or... or my family's in town. I want to take them somewhere nice. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I I loved it. It's I don't know if you saw the piece that was maybe three or four months ago about the security that they had. Oh, no, I did not see this. And how like full metal detectors at night, and they were worried that people would come earlier during the day and bring a weapon in. And they the owner said, you know, if anything happens here, we're gone. Like, we can't have someone shoot somebody here. And it was a really, 
really aggressive security measures. They had no choice because they said, if we want to stay open, we can't have any violence here. Period. It can't happen because they're already downtown. What a sad indictment it's so of sad. Minneapolis. I think they were, they, I, I can't remember, don't quote me on it. They were spending like $12,000 a week on security. You are kidding no, me. No, and don't, it was some outrageous number. Because like, I know the people that own that yeah, place and, too. and you know, they're good restaurateurs, right? And I hope they open again, but you know, hopefully they can do it without, or they have to recalibrate what they're doing there and maybe not be open as late because they were the one big kind of club thing that was still open late downtown. Well, I remember uh, this past summer, uh, my wife was out of town and the boys and I, I was going to take the boys to the Vikings game. It was mm-hmm. a preseason Vikings mm-hmm. game. And I thought, I'm going to take them to a Vikings game. And yeah. They're not going to know what the damn difference yeah, that it's preseason yeah. or whatever. And we're going to stay for a quarter anyway. Mm-hmm. And we stopped there because I always, there's a, there's a lot that I love and it's right, it's right next to seven. It's cheap and you're in and out and it's a great parking lot. And no, I'm not going to give it to you uh, people. You're going to have to find <laughs> yeah. it for yourself. But anyway, so that was always, oh, hey, uh, we're going to go to the Vikings game or we're going to go to the Twins game. Let's meet at seven. We'll have a drink on the rooftop and yeah. boom. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if I told you this part. Mm-hmm. So we we went there, and I said, boys, do you want to sit on the rooftop? Yeah, let's sit on the rooftop. Yeah. So we went up there, and I ordered a beer for myself and kitty cocktails for the boys. Mm-hmm. And then we were just going to get something really quick to, to snack on or whatever. And there were, there were a large group of girls. And this was probably between five and six in the afternoon. I thought they'd be older. Oh, in the afternoon. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, your kids must have been excited. And so I, I'm looking, I, 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 I said, joking. oh, it's a bachelorette party. And we were the only, mm. it was just the you three the of only us. Guys there, so you had two, a chance. It was me and my two boys <laughs> and this group. And so my little guy, my seven-year-old, he's he's going to be a handful. Okay. He's Mr. Charm. He's, he's rolling up the sleeves on his oh, yeah. uh, shirt. Yeah. And he kept looking over at the girls, and they're waving to him. Mm. You know, he's got his Vikings hat on. He's looking all cute. Yeah. And I said, buddy, why don't you go, why don't you go ask take your picture? And he said, Dad, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. And so my wife was visiting her friend out of town. And so I said, screw it. We went and got a picture with the bachelorette party because my wife had sent me a text saying, hey, how's it going? I sent this to her. I said, hey, we just found a bachelorette party. (laughs) We were going to skip the game. And she said, oh, my God, what is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing at Seven Sushi and Steakhouse? Right. Yeah, the world's most expensive spot to bring uh, two little kids to. 100%. Well, like I said, it was one beer, two Mm. kitty cocktails, and we're out of there. there. You know, did you you talk about on GL today the unbelievable – uh, athleticism that we showed here in the city of St. Paul yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you guys talk about that sporting event? Uh, I, Do you I, even know what I'm talking about? No, I'm trying to think. I don't know if we did. So yesterday, I don't know how many people know this, the United States national soccer team. No, I'm familiar with that. I'm just trying to remember if we talked I about mean, it on the I show or off the show. I how many people know that in St. Paul, we played our World Cup qualifying team. You know, we played Honduras. Yeah. Who said that February 3rd, what is it? February 2nd, is the day we should have an outdoor soccer game against the United States and Honduras, mm-hmm. which I I'm, I'm can't imagine many Hondurans know what it's like to have a three-degree soccer game. I wonder how that ever, ever happened. And was it brilliant that they did it or just lucky that they were able to pull it off? I think it was foolish that they even had it to begin with here. Okay, in, in soccer in general? In, well, no, just, no, no, no. I, mm-hmm. I get it, and I'm not mm-hmm. a soccer hater. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not. A big fan because I don't yeah. I don't get don't it. Get it yeah. But yeah. again, I don't I also don't rip soccer because I know there's millions of people that love it. But 
The reason a lot of people did know it is because of how ridiculous it was to schedule this thing on February 2nd in Minneapolis. How, where how did they do it? The bleeping goalie for Honduras had to be treated for hypothermia. Really? Yes. I didn't hear that part. Yes. It was in, I think, the Star Tribune piece that, that uh, covered it uh, this morning. Or That's not, I, read I, mean, this morning. It, I felt bad That's for insane. the keepers because they can't move as much, right? If you're running, you're warm. The field, now, so the grass, I looked this up because I grass- It only, had to have been heated. It, it only grows at like 55 degrees. So so it's the field is at fifty five to sixty degrees. The the grass. So at least your feet are not freezing. <laughs> well, that that's kind of something, right? right? Especially playing soccer. If you're kicking a ball and your feet are frozen, that would not be good. So at least you have some level of warmth at ground level. I guess. But and then the guys were like doing that stud thing. This this took me down this rabbit hole of going to Bud Grant and Bud Grant walking <laughs> with a polo shirt on when it's negative nine degrees outside before the Seahawks playoff game. And you know how he wouldn't let heaters on the sidelines for his team. They wouldn't let you know they couldn't wear jackets. I'm like, what? Why? Because it was a mental thing to like just show the other team well, that we don't care. This cold it, doesn't it, bug us. It actually back then it did make a difference because I, I forget which player would say it, but would say when the Rams came here for the NFC Championship game. Yeah. We knew they were done. Yeah, because they were, done. they were already cold when they got off the plane, yeah. and they didn't want to be here. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't. Know I, I want to be here. I live here, and I don't <laughs> yeah. want to be here. Right but when watching it's this Bud cold. Grant go out to the middle of the field—that was such a baller it's so move. So cool. Yeah, I mean, it was such a baller you bend, move. You know, think I think he was eighty-three at the time when he did that here. You know, for for the coin flip. Of <laughs> yes, the, was twenty fifteen. Yeah, Does that sound right? Sub, something like that. I, I looked it up, and I was I was just kind of shocked that he did that. And I thought, well, thank God he didn't die of pneumonia like four <laughs> right. weeks later. So uh, I want to share an email with you before we run out of time. Uh, this comes to us from Derek. Actually, Such, uh, Joe sent this to me earlier this week, and the subject line is Fratellonis. Hmm. Uh, this comes to us from Derek. He says, hey, Joe, we recently were tearing down a cabin in our woods around Perm, Minnesota. Uh, during demolition... We discovered that the walls had been lined with newspaper for insulation, which I didn't know we did that. But yeah, Joe said, oh, yeah, yeah they, used to common, use, yeah. they used to use that all the time for insulation. I, did, I was unaware of that. The newspaper was in excellent condition as it, as it looked when it came off the press. Some of the dates from others were from the 1940s. Wow. I noticed one particular that I saved was a weekly ad from an A store with a St. Paul address. Upon further research, appears this is one of the Fratelloni stores. I have often heard you talk about them during the show and wondered if you have a contact I can send them with some copies that I was able to share. Attach as a picture of the ad. I will I will send it oh, to you. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, thanks. Love so the cool. show, Derek. Yeah. So, so one go, of our stores ahead. in um, – so Ace Hardware has like 15,000 stores since 1912 or whatever it is, right? Does They're, it go back that far? Yeah, it goes way back. Oh, wow. So, But one of our stores on Grand Avenue was store number 72. And I'm forgetting what year it opened. So it was the 72nd Ace Hardware store in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah, And subsequently, we bought it, right? And so someone else owned it all that time, and, and we bought it. It's our store on 1676 Grand Avenue. So that was Ace store number 72. So they ran ads that looked like like a Sears catalog. And, I mean, they were wow. so cool. And inside were like toasters and mittens, like just all this random, really cool stuff. Because cool. back then there were no targets. Like you bought everything at a that general it? store like right. Ace, right? And I, I've seen some of those ads. I'd love to get more. That would be really, really cool. That that th That's a lovely story. I hope he sends that. That reminds me of another story, and I'm going to just fi finish this out. No, go ahead. So a, a couple was doing exactly what that guy was doing. He was pulling the walls down, and inside their walls they found some like movie posters, they're like, huh. And then they found out that the person who owned their house owned the movie theater in town, and he would take down the movie poster when it was done, fold it up, and slide it and used it as insulation in his house. 
they ended up getting like $2.37 million worth of collectible movie posters. No. All in perfect. Again, that number is totally made up because I can't remember the story. But still. But it was like this huge amount. So they had to remove all the walls because they had to keep pulling out these in pristine. What else perfect, is in here? Honestly, yeah, God, right, you know, right. from way back in the 30s and the 40s. And I was like, oh, isn't that cool? What a cool story. I opened up one of the walls in my old house and I found a bunch of mouse crap. And I was like, wonder, <laughs> wonder what kind of value that has in it. Doesn't it doesn't quite work. I did find um, some I, I had doing some title stuff on my house and I found pictures of my home from like 18 or 1912. My house was built in 1885. I'm like, oh my God, this looks totally nothing like my current house. That's cool. Nothing was on the block. There were no trees. I'm like, huh. What a weird looking row. I mean, it was so cool to see how old that was and these old, old, old photos. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I, I just sent, I just forwarded you uh, Derek Tima that had a, a photo Derek, company. I will be in touch. So cool. Thank yeah. you, Derek. So anyway, so that, that that's pretty neat. Um, there was one other thing I was going to get to, and now I'm completely forgetting what it was. So you did do show prep. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll, I'll figure it out what it was, and then we'll get to it next week. How's Sounds that great. All right, Michael, you're the absolute hey, best. Reavers, you're the best. Thank you. Uh, please do us a favor, rate and review the show on any of the po- podcast platforms that you find the weekly scramble. We would really, really appreciate any and all of the feedback. For Mike Fredoloni, my name is Chris Reavers. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers.